0: Hello and welcome to another episode of TA Playlist, the official game club of TrueAchievements.com. My name is Mark, Gamertag Boat, and I'm joined again by my co-host. It's an audio podcast, but I assure you he's wearing his finest suit, made complete with a red tie and fiber wire in his back pocket. It's Sam, Gamertag Kintaris. Hello. And of course we have Kevin, Gamertag Yuri Dace, who loves this month's game so much that he shaved his head and got a barcode
1: tattooed on the back of it. Do I have that right, Kevin? What? I did consider that, but ultimately I changed my (laughs) mind. But uh, thanks, glad to be here. (laughs) Right, so
0: uh, this is our January 2018 edition. It's obviously the first one of the year. This will be our first full year doing this event with everybody. As the month is nearly over, it's time again to discuss what the TA community saw, heard, and hid inside closets all throughout the month with IO Interactive's soft reboot of its most notable series, Hitman. Just to review how we got here, we had a poll in the middle of last month as we do every month on site, where Hitman beat out three other games to earn all this attention it's received. That poll was especially close, our closest ever, in fact, between the top two games. Hitman just barely edged out Alice Madness Returns by about 40 votes, and that was during a week in which they swapped first and second place a few times as well, which was fun to watch because they're not usually that close that late into the week. Strong support for Alice means it's likely to return a future second chance poll, so look out for that later this year, too. Behind Alice, we had id Software's last-gen first-person shooter, Rage, and in last place, much to the disappointment of at least one of our faithful playlisters, was Dragon's Dogma. Personally, my vote flip-flopped several times between Hitman and Alice all throughout the month, but when it became such a close race, it sort of brought out my true feelings, I guess, and I ultimately stuck with Hitman. Um, Quickly, before we get into January's game, what earned your,
1: your votes, guys? Honestly, I, I don't remember. I know I was flipping back and forth. <laughs> you never remember. <laughs> constantly. I think I I ended up with Rage. Just because, you know, I that game came out when I wasn't really actively playing games at the time. Or I wasn't playing Xbox games, at least. So I kind of completely missed it. And I've heard it's kind of okay and mediocre. But, you know, it was, it was really interesting to see what it was like. Interested to see what it was like. But ultimately, no one else thought so. So here we are. (laughs) I
2: I fell for Algorithm, our friend in the forum. I fell for his rhetoric about Dragon's Dogma and voted for that because it sounded really interesting and amazing and something that I should have played already. So I not only voted for it, but bought it uh, in preparation for a landslide victory. (laughs) in this poll and and that that did not happen so uh but that's that's fine there's something i can look forward to maybe in a future playlist maybe i can just find some time to play it anyway but i'll i'll make sure to call algorithm directly and let him know how i feel about it when i do play it
0: (laughs) yeah he he uh he ran quite the campaign for that game and I think to some extent, maybe you the most, uh, we all sort of fell for it and expected it to do much better than it did when it came in last. Uh, I'm sure he was bummed. I was I was mostly just surprised. We might revisit it later, even with the sort of first poor showing for it. So uh, let's get on to the game at hand. And we can't do that without another concise and valuable story summary from Kevin.
1: Uh, this one should be interesting. <laughs> can you explain it all for us, Kevin? I I definitely can. So this game is about... <laughs> guy named 47 we don't know anything about his past unless you've played the previous games but he's trying out to be an assassin and no one knows anything about him which is kind of questionable because where did they find him he just show up on their doorstep or something but anyway there he is and uh all the higher-ups don't like him because he's so mysterious but he's got one friend and she makes sure he makes it through anyway they they make it and they start killing people for money as hitmen do and eventually they it turns out there's a giant conspiracy and you know somehow there's some shadow government and a shadow other guy and they're all fighting each other it's kind of like a (laughs) three-way thing and you know that's that's about how things go until you know some people die and and we're kind of left on a cliffhanger because you know it's time for season two yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah, as some know, this game began to release in 2016, and I say began to because it took the episodic route, which at the time I don't know if you guys were following it, but it came under a lot of questioning and skepticism from especially longtime fans who didn't really see the sense in doing doing this sort of game episodically because it had never done so uh, until now. Of course, it's it's no longer available that way as they just last year I O separated from their longtime publisher Square Enix. Uh, And they went fully independent, even buying the rights to the series for future use. So they're in control of their own destiny with with that series. So we do expect a season two at some point. Uh, I've personally been playing Hitman since almost the very beginning. The original is a PC exclusive and I've never owned or even had access to a gaming PC in my entire life. So I've missed that one, but I've avidly played all the rest since then, of which there have been four more in between that PC debut and the one we just played for January's playlist. It also spawned an HD collection on 360, a pair of popular mobile games, and two movies, one of which I can tell you was forgettable, so much so that I never even saw the sequel. What do each of your histories uh, look like with the franchise? Kevin, I I believe you said you were new to the series this month. Does that extend to the mobile versions and the movies? I, I know you particularly love movies.
1: I, I do love movies, but I don't love video game movies, so I definitely <laughs> sure. have, I definitely have not watched that one, and couldn't comment on its quality i expect it's probably not very good which i guess is a comment on its quality so <laughs> anyway uh no i have i've not seen or played literally any media for it other than the fact that i guess i knew his name was like agent 47 and you know he's i, I think some kind of child hitman thing but that's that's all i know
2: yeah this is the first time i've played a hitman game as well i, I don't know why there's, there's always been something weirdly unappealing just even just in terms of the box art, it's just never really grabbed me. (laughs) I don't know why, because I quite like stealth games. Uh, I like the Metal Gear series. I like Assassin's Creed, obviously, as we found out last month. Um, But something always put me off about Agent 47 in particular and and just just the concept of it. I don't know. It just never never came across my desk. But I'm glad that it has now so that I get a chance to talk
0: about it. (laughs) Hmm. If you listen to the show regularly, you may have noticed the trend. We don't always come right out and say it in the intro how we each felt about the game. We, we kind of let that unfold over the course of the show. But we do assign the main hosting duties to whomever enjoyed the game the most. And I, I guess if we all ever hated a game, I'd maybe take it as like the de facto host. But uh, you know, with you guys' history as it is, it it makes sense that I'd be hosting this one as you're both totally new to it anyways. But I think, as we'll see, I I probably did like it the most out of all of this, but I'm I'm actually not sure about that. We'll see. Having said that, we have almost always opened with story discussion on the show. Now, I didn't realize it when we put this game up for voting, because I hadn't yet played most of the season beforehand. I think I'd only done the first two episodes before January, and that was many months ago. I think even the year it came out, not, not even 2017, but 2016. But Hit- Hitman's especially sparse in the way of narrative. I'd say it actually has the least story content of any TA playlist game so far, which hamstrings us a bit as this game club was originally envisioned as one meant to dive deep into each game's story among you know everything else, but th- that story was supposed to be like a pillar of this event and the forums and, and this podcast to wrap it all up, and as I was playing this month, I thought it was going to be kind of difficult to do that, uh, and one of the problems I found with Hitman is that it, it sort of sells itself as a soft reboot, yet it makes nearly constant callbacks to previous games which were likely lost on anyone like you guys who never played any of the series before did you guys feel disadvantaged out of the gate because of this or did you maybe gather that you were a bit out of the loop but
1: were just able to take it in stride i assumed that there was some kind of reference to anything especially when it did the the montage at the the beginning as soon as you complete their training it kind of shows a time skip and he's killing a bunch of people. And I suspected that those were references to previous games and actually ended up looking it up. And it turns out that it was, but I, I don't know how disadvantaged I really was. Cause does a detail like that really matter? No, I think the story's mostly self-contained. And so I, I thought it was all right. I think it's a, I think they tried to make sure it was a good place to jump in, even for someone new. And I think they definitely did a good job with that.
2: Yeah. And for me, actually, I, I didn't pick up on that montage. So from my perspective, it didn't make any difference at all. I I thought maybe they were actually this was a hard reboot and we were going straight from seeing him arrive and doing the training to the the first few missions. And I thought I thought actually it was a hard reboot. So I guess clearly, as as you've said, Mark, there are a lot of throwbacks and Easter eggs and stuff. But from my perspective, it didn't make any difference whatsoever. It seemed like a complete story to me.
0: It's interesting for you guys. I don't um I don't remember the old. Stories very much. There was a thread about a cloning facility. I don't know if they've like retconned that. Sometimes it seems like they're alluding to it throughout this game. Uh, other times, I feel like they've like rewritten that whole section. But yeah, a lot, a lot of like the most popular hits over the years. Like I remember in that montage, there's a scene where he takes the fiber wire, I think, to uh, a a musician who's like playing. I think he's playing the cello out in his balcony. I, that was a particularly fun mission for me. That's back from the Blood Money days, I think, which is most people's favorite. I would, I would wager. You know, even I call it a soft reboot. Maybe, maybe I'm even doing it a disservice in that way. Maybe it's not meant to be. It's just the way that they give it the single title "Hitman" like that. I know, at least in music, like when a band does a self-titled album after several albums, they're it's kind of like a reinvention of themselves, and they're just meant to be saying like this is who we are now. Like either maybe they've had some band member changeover, or they're just exploring a new sound. But usually, when you see that self-titled album from from musicians, it usually means like a fresh start. So when Hitman came out and did that, it kind of felt like that. But then because the story's never really been the focal point, I was always confused playing this game. I was like, how much of this is in keeping with everything I've seen before? And how much of it, if if any, is being reimagined for this series? I I honestly, I, I came away still unsure of that. <laughs> and on top of that, I, I feel like this game's story content in its entirety was more like a single episode of a series we'd see on television not in the globe charting of each level that that stuff would would definitely take multiple episodes but if you take all the events of the cutscenes and how much the story is actually advanced in those moments i don't think it would take more than literally a single episode to flush it all out on like an hbo or a netflix or or some other prestige home for for dramas such as hitman might be if if it was a series a tv series to me it very much feels like an incomplete story being told both because it leaves out too many details at the start and then doesn't go far enough by the end. I I feel like it almost doesn't advance at all. Like we kind of only learn like one detail by the end of the whole series, which is that, you know, the ICA is being set up as like a sort of patsy figure for this shadow client guy. They do plan on doing another season. We might even hear about that this year. But it to me it still feels like season 1 doesn't stand on its own narratively. Did you guys have pacing problems?
2: I actually quite enjoyed the story of hitman which i really wasn't expecting at all huh. um i i wasn't enjoying it perhaps in the first couple of cutscenes uh that, that they had i thought it was a little bit hammy and and i didn't really get what the point of those cutscenes were but actually by the finish i i kind of enjoyed it i i guess i enjoyed the fact that it was so light and such uh an easy thing to digest that it was almost a nice change of pace for me you know I, I i tend to absorb so much sort of heavy fiction or or worse attempts at heavy fiction that kind of fall flat which happens a lot in video games <laughs> so i kind of like the fact that it was this really lightweight breezy born identity kind of thing where you, you kind of knew exactly what was going on and it only ever lasted five minutes tops and you could skip it if you wanted or you could go back and i, I even like the fact that they leave them there for you to go back and watch you know if, if season two comes out you could load up season one and just press play on all the videos in the menu and just get the full story again. Okay. I'm I'm back where we are. But to be honest, the chances of you needing to do that are very slim because it's, it's so straightforward and I don't know. It just, it, it was, it was pretty well voice acted. The, the CGI was pretty good. Um, And, and yeah, it, it boiled down to just talking heads essentially, but there was something strangely charming about having, not having to think too much. Um, and also not watching a developer really try and pick up some some deep issues and and totally fumble the ball when they try to express them on 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 the on the cutscene so yeah i i I came away and that was actually one of the highlights which which seems ridiculous Uh, i'm sure it would be ridiculous (laughs) for a lot of people but sometimes i like a, a very simple story just told very quickly and easily cleanly and then you just get on with the gameplay and i think they 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 did that fine. And anyone who doesn't like the story, you don't even have to watch it, which I think is also something that that perhaps other companies could, could learn from.
0: Before you go on, Kevin, I wanted to add that is sort of hilarious to me because I, you know, I've written some notes for this show for some talking points that I wanted to hit with you guys. And I've done it all from the starting point of, well, this story's not much to talk about. I kind of based all of my talking points on the assumption that we all felt the story was pretty forgettable. But here you are enjoying it. That, that you know, that's, that's not even a bad thing. I, uh... I'm glad to hear you. You liked it.
2: <laughs> well, don't get me wrong. There's still not much to talk about. I just almost enjoy the, <laughs> the relief of being like, okay, that's that's fine. It's, yeah, it, yeah. it makes sense. I get it. We can we can breeze past. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So I definitely am going to agree with Mark here. I, you guys might or might not have written my my article last year that talked about game pacing and said that games couldn't have a good story because of the pacing. So of course, I do agree with that. That this game also is. It's not some magnificent exception to the rule, but I I don't think it was particularly worse than anything else. It just was a bit lighter, which is fine because if I normally don't like it anyway, what do I need more of it for? I thought it was fine as a setup and, you know, it it had a mystery that was at least like vaguely interesting. You know, who's hiring this? How is this all going to work out? Uh, You know, I found myself as I went to each episode, at least a little curious. All right. Who am I going to have to kill now? How are these people connected? You know, I, I tried to start putting together, you know, like like a mystery. And unfortunately, the game doesn't really actually do anything with that, really. But it. You know, I at least made the experience a little better because I thought it might. So you know, I, <laughs> I, I I guess I kind of made the story better in my own head than it actually was. But either way, you know, I I found at least while I was playing it and actively consuming it that it wasn't relatively awful. It was just very sparse and not anything I was gonna you know want to remember for you know years.
0: <laughs> it it is in keeping with most of the rest of the series too the way that. It really takes a backseat to the gameplay. The the series has always been more about the mechanics and and the, the puzzling of the stealth sandboxes that you'd have to maneuver through.
2: I should tell you, the trail went dead after Romania. Our team found no records of any kind. No name. Nothing.
0: I think they called me 47.
2: That's not a name.
0: So make it one.
2: All right. Agent... 47.
0: I think it's fair to say this game lacks any real characters. I'm, I'm curious now how you guys will will uh, feel about that. But Agent Forty Seven, he's quite iconic at this point. You know, even if you hadn't played, like I think I think one of you said, you, you knew who he was even not having played the games. But he's more iconic for his look and his voice. Who's he's always been voiced by David Bates, and I think he does a fantastic job. It's uh, very memorable in that way. And and he's he's iconic for his arsenal as well. His silver baller pistols those have always been in his arsenal his uh his fiber wire has always been with him so he's more famous for these things and not really because of his personality or anything like that and even to that extent i think previous games did try a bit harder than this one to give him personality a lot of the previous games explore his his background much more than this one does this one gives us like his first day on the job but then it jumps forward apparently to seven years after the previous game from 2012 absolution And that's kind of all we get on him in that regard. It just seems like his defining trait is meant to be his stoicism and his unflinching ability to hide pretty much any sort of body language, which are obviously both great tools for his trade. But it it does put a damper on rooting for him, for me at least, or even just relating to him at all. Did you guys have any strong feelings one way or another for Agent 47?
1: I I think that maybe your take on it kind of misses the point in that Agent 47 is supposed to be faceless and that kind of thing, and not in a way that we're supposed to be him like game developers normally do when they choose, well, actively choose to make the character kind of like that. But here, he's supposed to be this assassin who can become anyone. You've got so many costumes. And if you start giving him a lot of character, I think the impact of that is lost, at least in terms of like the tone of the game that you're actually playing. It doesn't seem nearly as cool when, you know, he loves playing basketball on the weekends. It just, (laughs) (laughs) I, I just think that he, he is better off being this like faceless, mysterious person that we really know nothing about and that doesn't have any noticeable emotion because that allows him to be whoever he wants to be in our mind. It helps us accept that this character actually exists in this world because it frankly is a little ridiculous if it, you know, considering how it's somewhat realistic tone, the fact that he's able to do any of this is outrageous because of the barcode on the back of his bald head (laughs) well yeah which is really (laughs) noticeable but (laughs) i mean like not only that he just i I just think it helps him to be whatever character he needs to be in the moment to not have any kind of backstory really i I think that that was intentional and that it works in the way that they wanted it to
2: Hmm. i think that for me in terms of the story the Player was uh, sorry. The the audience was was almost more with Diana. We are also meant to be curious about who he is and also what's going on with the ICA and what's what's going on with Providence. And it's almost like with the cutscenes and with the way that you hear sort of Diana in in the earpiece, that you're more in her shoes in terms of you don't really know what's going on. You don't know where Agent Forty Seven came from, and Agent 47 is your tool to go through the game and go through the assassinations, but really you're in the same shoes as Diana, and, and particularly with that final cutscene of uh, Pro- the Providence guy throwing down the, the picture of Agent 47 as a baby, and that's the, uh, that's the hook that a- allows Diana to accept the contract from Providence to, to kill the shadow client. That felt like, pretty much to me, it felt like Diana's almost the protagonist of the, of the story. Um, hmm. and it's potentially her in future series that that has more of an arc i think that agent 47 is always just going to be kind of her weapon really and you know who knows maybe they will try and flash out his character in the future but what, what i would like to see is that they continue to to kind of have 47 being being the weapon being the the tool and that it's it's diana that gets a little bit more of the uh meat in terms of uh, potential character development or even just you know just being the person who goes and finds out the stuff and and relays the information and has the chance to be emotional about it and be intrigued by this strange man's past um and i think i think that's that was the bit that by the end of the story surprised me and, and made me realize that i kind of enjoyed being there with diana and wondering what on earth is going on and what who all these groups are and who that who on earth do i really work for and and yeah that that kind of was enough of a hook to, uh, to make me intrigued for season two as well.
0: Hmm. That's a, I think you've stumbled upon a fresh perspective, which is difficult in the age of the internet where there's seven billion voices. I've never read that anywhere <laughs> else. And she's a series mainstay too, you know? So she's she's been right there with Agent 47 through, I mean, unless she wasn't in the first game, I know she's been in every other game filling the same role that she fills here, which is, you know, she's the voice in the ear, but she's also sort of, his only contact like we really don't see him talk to anyone else the the extent to which he speaks in this game uh agent 47 i don't think he ever did that in any other game maybe absolution because um, that was the one from 2012 and that one did things a bit differently and they tried to put more story into it and there were even some levels that aren't like the sandboxes like we have exclusively in this game where it was more like cover to cover stealth, or just some like A to B type missions to, to carry the plot forward. And never before and, and you know, now not since with 2016's game has has have uh, IO interactive done that with this series. I, I wonder if you especially Sam having all these strong feelings regarding Diana, I wonder how you'd feel about that one now. I, again, I don't know if it if the story even makes sense anymore, I'm I'm still not sure if it's all meant to take place in the same universe. I'm honestly not, <laughs> and I've played this game, you know, the most out of any of us, and I'm I'm seemingly the most lost. <laughs> maybe that's part of it, though. <laughs> but she's a pivotal figure in Absolution more so than any other Hitman game. So I, I want, Maybe we should put that one on the list for the future.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would be intrigued to go back again, but but I'm almost more intrigued to seeing this as a as I said when I came into this, I really saw it as just a hard reboot. I'm, I I guess I'm more interested in where it's going from this point than necessarily going back over some of the other games. I think I, personally, I mean, I can't really say this with too much uh, too much authority, having not played the old games, but it really it, this really did feel like a, a reboot to me. So I, I'm definitely if if season two comes comes along i will i'll be interested to see where what they've done with the story that might be a factor in in me picking it up you know if the reviews say that you know they carry on with the story and they that you know they haven't just dropped it completely that 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 might be you know it might be a, it's not going to be the main reason i pick it up don't get me wrong but it, you know it'd be intriguing enough to me to go and see what they do with it because like i said i kind of like this idea that a, a franchise like this could actually exist and continue with a very light touch, lightweight story.
0: Yeah, it's it's very old school in a way. I think, uh, you know, back in the day, before games could tell the stories they do now, and now they so often try to emulate movies for for better or worse. Some people like that, some people don't. Uh, but back in the day, you know, you you get. Some story beats in the cutscenes, and then you'd play the gameplay, which was, you know, sometimes not even at all representative of of the actual story that that you're experiencing in those cutscenes. Or if it, if it was similar in its presentation, it, it at least wasn't really driving the plot forward. It was more just about combat or puzzles or whatever the central mechanics were. And this game kind of gives me that feeling too, where I mean, well, especially in this game, I guess, because the cutscenes are, are so brief, and they they'll give us the some quick story beats and then you know you spend an hour or more i mean ideally in in the eyes of the developers you'd spend a month or or several months on each level that's how this that's how they originally envisioned us playing this game and and doing all the different opportunities and assassinations and all the side content that they have challenges and all that but uh yeah it's it's a very old school approach for me did you guys have any comments on that
2: yeah, I do. I I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I was thinking that this morning when I was when I was thinking about the fact that you know why on earth am I enjoying this ridiculously lightweight story? But yeah, it it does have some. It, it does have a bit of a retro feel to me in terms of the games that I grew up with and things like point and click adventures or even just just first person shooters that that they they wanted a story in there, but it was it was never meant to be more than a at most a hollywood blockbuster kind of thing you know like something you could watch on a sunday afternoon on tv that that doesn't really take too much brain power but is interesting enough to hook you and again don't get me wrong i don't think hitman's gone quite that far even probably not even as far as some of the games back in the 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 late 90s because as you said it it does really feel like a very short episode of of a tv series but i guess in that sense it's it's almost like watching a tv pilot you know, and 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 it's a, it's a taster to see like okay this is this is what we've got what do you think and and I guess in the same way when I watch a TV pilot that's kind of relatively interesting and engaging it doesn't necessarily mean that it's got legs for the future but it's enough to make me go okay I'll 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 see where this goes and yeah I'd like to see more of this kind of thing and I'm sure we will very shortly see see another Hitman season and I I I have a suspicion that they'll follow. A similar path in terms of the story beats because it it's neither offended anyone nor you know it's not mine of blown everything wide open but yeah it's not offended anyone and and so there's no reason why they couldn't put it back in um so yeah i'm looking forward to see whether they do carry on with it
1: touching on on what sam's you know kind of compared it to a tv show i actually think this actually did feel more like a full season of a show I I like how each episode started with a mission and through actually playing it, you kind of created the narrative of it and then finished it off and is capped on either side with a little bit of story for Agent 47 and Diana. But mostly it was all about the action, which definitely does make it more 90s feeling than anything else. I'm not sure I I liked it, don't get me wrong. I Well, I probably didn't really like it, but I I did like that aspect of it. I think, as far as being episodic, it did really well. I think it did a very good job of capturing that 90s feeling of just kind of straight-up action with a light story to just give it some context. I thought that really worked well, and I was definitely happy with it. It's fascinating to me that we... (laughs) I came into this thinking, wow,
0: this this might be troublesome having to, to pull some story beats to talk about for a game so sparse in that regard. But here we are with all uh, conflicting opinions of it. And, you know, Sam, like I said, Sam even extracted some ideas that I've never read anywhere else online. And it's just it's just funny the way this has turned out. I, I for a bit of like behind the curtain look, if any uh, for those who are listening, uh, we usually try not to reveal how we felt about a game too much leading up to this recording so everything is fresh and, and and new to to us as listeners even to each other but I definitely expected coming in that we were all on the same page thinking yeah the story's not much but we you know we'd hit on those points and then move on to the gameplay which is really the focus for the series but here we are with all very different and even elaborate opinions on on how the story uh treated them basically it's just unexpected <laughs> it's cool though I guess the only other character of note would probably be the game's shadowy antagonist, actually referred to as the shadow client. We've touched on him a little bit. We don't learn much about him during this game deliberately. Again, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's in previous games. I remember even when I first played this game in 2016, uh, as soon as they introduced him, I thought then that he looked familiar, and I, I should have done my homework, but the the series is so convoluted in its story anyways. Um, and like I said, I'm I'm really not sure how much this is rewriting. But I'm I'm pretty sure he's been around before. I I could be totally wrong. Like, if we're to take this game story as it is, it would almost have to mean that he is a brand new character, or at least it's he's rebooted with so much of the rest of the story. In which case, Sam Sam's uh, suspicions that this is a hard reboot would likely be true. What do you guys think about the Shadow Client? I'm I'm actually hoping to be enlightened by you guys because he's confused the hell out of me.
2: <laughs> well, I I don't think he's supposed to be much at this point. Again, this is why I feel almost feel like this is like a pilot because it's almost like they probably do have a vague idea of what, what they wanted to be, but certainly in terms of personality and in terms of actually being antagonistic beyond just being a guy who turns up in each cutscene, they haven't really fleshed that out at all. And I think that might have been deliberate because this might just be a way of them laying out to to potentially a new audience as well as as people coming back to the series and saying, okay this is the kind of thing we're looking at you know this is a kind of mysterious antagonist we we're thinking of having like what do you guys think and then they can look to flesh that out in a in a second season i don't he he doesn't really have any character at all we know that he's kind of angry and he's got a he's got <laughs> a, a bone to pick with certainly with everybody yeah well well it seems with everyone i mean and that's and that's part of the that's part of the mystery because through a lot of the cutscenes, you think that his bone to pick is specifically with the ica but obviously as things develop you discover that maybe providence is his target or maybe it's both or you don't you you, you get you get enough of a sense that he's clearly got an agenda and he's clearly annoyed (laughs) to put it to put it lightly but it doesn't waste time at this early stage trying to flesh any of that out because there's really no need and especially not for, a, a, I guess, almost like a spy story. You know, a, 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 most uh, James Bond iterations or, or movies like James Bond, you don't really get a, a big lowdown on what the bad guy's deal is until they're ready to kind of get towards the showdown and that's that's when you get the reveals and that's when you get the twists and the way they've set this up that's that's not going to happen in the first season that's that's clearly something they want to they want to build up to and i think probably by the end of the second season we we'd probably have a much firmer idea of who he is but yeah i think it works it works that he's just completely mysterious and and relatively one note and he's just there for you to go huh i wonder what his deal is (laughs) yeah and that kind of worked for me (laughs)
1: You know, for me, and I think maybe Sam was trying to capture this a little bit as well, I kind of feel the shadow client is essentially nothing in this story. The story is not about him. I don't think he really has much going on in the story, at least long term. I think the developers have set set themselves up in a way that he can quickly be written out if they need to, you know, just kill him at the beginning of the first episode of season two if they want to. I think he's very faceless. We don't know anything about his motivations or anything like that. So as a character, I don't think he's a very interesting or good one. And frankly, playing the game, I I wasn't even thinking about him. I know he showed up in the cutscenes, but the whole time I was playing through the game, I was way more focused on Providence as you know the villains. You know they're the ones that are orchestrating everything throughout the world. I think they're much more compelling in that way. The Shadow Client is, uh, I guess, someone who doesn't like any of us. But beyond that, uh, I don't have any reason to care about him. And while I was playing, I certainly didn't. So I, I don't really have an opinion on him other than to say, who cares?
2: <laughs> yeah, and just to just to add one final thought that I just had about this is. Uh, it's a it's a bad example to to bring up but the the first watchdogs game i kind of although that story was was a lot worse in 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 some ways i i it kind of felt the same way there where you had that the the hacker character who was uh kind of messing things up behind the scenes but then you had the larger company of of, of bloom that were the real threat and they were the real sort of interesting like ideology and stuff like that and i think there's a very similar thing here where like you said, Kevin, he's he, he could be thrown away if they need to, they could flesh him out if they need to, but he's not really the, at the moment anyway, he's not the intrigue. The intrigue is, oh, hang on, Providence, so there's some kind of uh, Templars of some sort, it seems, uh, that kind of, at that angle kind of was, I guess, more intriguing, and you kind of wonder what it is that they do, and, and how, you know, you got this kind of impression that they somehow control things behind the scenes, but you definitely don't, certainly not compared to Assassin's Creed, you don't get a sense of how and why and and what exactly they've done. And I guess going into season two, yeah, I feel the same, that its I'm less intrigued by what the shadow client's motives are and more intrigued by what on earth Providence is and, and how that's going to affect, particularly affect Diana and, and Agent 47 going forward with this maybe slightly shady deal that, that Diana's brokered, with providence um i think that's that's the more intriguing thing to to lead into a second season
0: Hmm. so everything you guys are everything i'm hearing from you guys it indicates to me that they'd be better off going forward with this being a true hard reboot and just totally rewriting everything that's happened before i i'm i'm genuinely curious you guys should uh and anyone listening Who's curious and hasn't played the previous games? Go back, you know. If you if you can't chase them down and play them, that, that'd be a big undertaking, anyways. Like read the wiki summaries or something. Just find access to that story content and tell me how you think this game looks in light of all those games. Because when I talk about the story being convoluted to date, like you know, there there are secret society things like uh, like they touch on in this one. That's always been the case. Like even the ICA is is their own secret society now. There's layers on that within this game but in previous games i think i mentioned it just in passing earlier in this episode but there was something to do with cloning facilities i don't remember how it worked i think it's in hitman 2 or maybe it was hitman 3 uh, but one of those two you're in a cloning facility and all the clones look like you and it's it just gets so weird and, and i was i was well I was probably too young to even be playing them to be honest uh, in terms of content but uh, i was also too young to understand them at the time i kind of envy the way that you guys appreciated the story in isolation, in this way, because I was putting it in the context of everything else that I've seen before, and I don't know if it's even meant to go in that context. But in trying to put it there, anyways, it just makes it even more baffling to me. And I'd be curious, you know, as a as a sort of postmortem on on this month of Hitman, maybe take to the forums if you guys read uh, everything that's come before. I maybe it truly is a hard reboot. I always saw it as a soft reboot, where new players could jump in and old players could catch all the Easter eggs. But if it's a hard reboot, that actually has it make a lot more sense.
2: Well, I guess my question to you, Mark, is: What were the Easter eggs? You know, narratively, or, or even just you know, while you're kind of incidentally walking around the the world, were were there significant Easter eggs for you as someone who's who's played it before, or is it all just sort of vague recollections of stuff? There was there anything sort of really hard and like, oh, okay, they're referring to this?
0: Uh, well, certainly, like we said, the montage certainly indicates that. This is the same universe, but there, I guess you could say, you know, these kills still happened, but it's, it didn't happen in that old story universe, you know, like, I don't know, it, it just seems to be having it both ways. I can't think of any Easter eggs level to level. I guess it was more cutscene type of things that were making all these callbacks for me. You know, even the, the narration says, are you, he was always the best and it's showing him, you know, he killed the the musician on his balcony and uh I think you can poison the guy's sushi in one level it shows him walking away as the chef as the guy chokes on his sushi uh, I remember that one that was I think that was from hitman 2 I never played three much so all my fondest memories come from blood money and, and hitman 2 I'm just confused because they they do make these callbacks at least in the cutscenes I, I would have to you know outside of this recording I'd have to go back and and list them all but just just the way that the game indicates that it seems to be in the same universe I I don't know if it all Make sense anymore, <laughs> or maybe maybe it never did. It's. Just, I, I would love for you guys to go back, and for anyone listening, like I said, to go back and and keep it up in the forums. You know, after every month of playlist, a lot of the forums stay active, and we still get people posting in them. Anyone listening, just you know, take when we post this episode, or just go back to the playlist forums. I'd I'd love to hear people's thoughts on how, if at all, this game is meant, this story is meant to fit into the bigger picture of Hitman, because it. They're telling me it does. One in one hand but on the other hand they're telling me maybe it's totally new but some of the hallmarks of his past assassination history still exist and i don't know they, they just seem to be having it both ways
2: <laughs> yeah and i guess just just to wrap this bit up but but um the reason i put that to you is from my perspective because there was no easter egg content or or, or previous callbacks that were significant enough for me to go what is this about it makes me that that firmly makes me believe that they have no intention, and there's no there's no advantage to them to make any future part of this this Hitman reboot be too reliant on things that are in the past. They can easily throw in similar storylines and callbacks that make you go, oh, oh, okay, they're referring to that." But I I can't see that there's any advantage to them. You know, haven't gone into this saying it's Hitman the complete first season. That, yeah. <laughs> that there's no advantage to them to, to rely too heavily on an audience that might be diminished now and, and certainly most people I know just amongst my friends and amongst people I talk to who've come into Hitman this time around have either not played Hitman before or at least not played every single main game in the, in the series they, they're really at a point where they can they can afford to much more than Assassin's Creed certainly they can afford to throw the whole thing out the window and say we can make little in jokes every now and again, but but this is this is an opportunity to just just start over. The the concept itself is so beyond all the things you were saying about convoluted old stories about cloning and whatever, the actual core concept of the of the narrative is so simple that they can really afford to just, just scrap it. And and to be honest, they could afford to scrap it again. Not not even necessarily that far into the future, you know another three games down the line there's there's nothing to the 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 basis of this narrative that says that they can't just go okay let's you know it's still agent 47 it's still diana you know we can just we can just take those core elements and and throw another story out there you know kind of almost like uh legend of zelda does every time they bring out a new game you know it's 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 a thematic similarity and there's lots of nods to things that people will recognize if they're long-term fans but there's no reliance on having played everything before
0: hmm yeah, that's actually a great comparison. I'm, I'm playing my first Zelda game, and uh, surprisingly f- f- for me, I've, I've played video games forever, but I've never played Zelda until Breath of the Wild. And Yeah, apparently, from what I've gathered from other people, every game is just you fighting Ganon, but they kind of rewrite themselves over and over again. Mm, yeah. So I guess in, in that
1: way, this this Hitman could kind
0: of do that too, and, and it would be fair enough.
1: <laughs> yeah, Zelda's an, an interesting comparison here honestly I don't think that that works at all in Zelda I like the idea that it's kind of reset every single time I don't think Zelda and Mario both that if they tried to create a continuous and connected story that it would really work I mean there's some at least meta history to Zelda that maybe these games all are set in the same world and it just repeats over and over again and that's fine that's not really what I'm complaining about but at least in terms of Direct sequels, Zelda has had very few of those, and the ones that did definitely weren't better for it, like Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, but I I don't think that that really added anything to the game, having done that. On the other hand, for Hitman, I do think that having direct sequels would help. I think if you tried to reset it every time, then the story ceases to matter at all, really. Zelda games are not known for their story. Obviously, there are some dedicated fans who really like them. But for the vast majority of us, we don't care about the story in Zelda. I'm also playing through Breath of the Wild right now. Actually, I don't really like it, so I'm about to sell it. But I was playing through it. And (laughs) (laughs) the story is incredibly light, and I'm vaguely interested in it. But also, at the same time, I know that I can just stop and it will never matter. This story will never get continued anywhere else. And the next Zelda game that comes out, if it's more my cup of tea, I'll just be able to jump in and, that'll be fine. For Hitman, like I said, I just don't think that that's really going to work for it. While Hitman, like Zelda, is primarily about the gameplay, the way they've set this story up, it doesn't really work in the modern setting as, as well as just having a sequel would be. On the other hand, rebooting it completely and dropping all the past stuff, I definitely agree that that would work, mainly because obviously I don't have anything invested in that past stuff. Perhaps I'm a bit biased. I think there's a lot of potential here in terms of a sequel, at least to continue a, a decent action flick type story and having it reset every time would lose that for essentially no benefit, I think.
2: Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. That's, that's, that's not necessarily what I, w- what I was getting at with this one, but I guess it just, just at this point of reboot, it's, it's similar in the sense that they can have those callbacks to, to very specific moments in the past with, as, as Zelda does to things like, you know, the, the, the the master sword or or whatever it is that they're referring to or ganon or whatever at this point it's a good point for them to they, they can get away with rebooting i guess is what i'm saying and saying that the past stuff doesn't really matter but no i completely agree i mean they've called it ultimately they've called it the complete first season i think that both says that a they're they're rebooting now and you don't need to worry about anything in the past but b it also means that the second season will carry on that that narrative and and more than likely carry on a similar structure in terms of the way it's delivered as well
0: Hmm. It's unbelievable to me that (laughs) again, I came in thinking story was an afterthought and here we are having spent like nearly 50 minutes (laughs) discussing just the story. Um, yeah, so we have, uh, I wanted to get some feedback and most of the feedback I pulled was related to gameplay. That's why I haven't shared any yet, but we did have a piece from, uh, a a playlist, uh, regular beta sig X 20 whose, whose gamertag we've heard almost every episode. (laughs) Regarding the story, he said, I have trouble connecting with the storyline in any Hitman game because I spend so much time exploring and perfecting each level that by the time I'm ready to move on to the next one, I've completely forgotten who that guy was from the 10-second cinematic that introduced the previous level. I know there's an overarching story, but the gameplay within the levels just completely overshadows it. You're better off just reading about the plot on Wikipedia because the story can be almost completely ignored while you're actually playing the game. I guess in that regard, I sort of align myself most closely with him rather than either of you. But, you know, I always invite story. I just this one was just boggling my mind because I didn't know exactly how, like I said, if at all, it fits into everything I've I've seen over the past 15 years or whatever it's been.
2: One thing I would say about the the comment about going to Wikipedia, the, the one thing I like about the way they set it up is that it'd almost be quicker to just go load up the menu and just watch the whole 15 minutes worth of of movie that's in the game yeah. <laughs> and even bother looking up on Wikipedia that, that's, that was almost a nice thing like if you got to the end and go oh, I can't remember who that guy is you just go okay I'll just press play on these five videos and I'm done again you know it's, it's, it's almost kind of nice to, to not have to mine the internet working out how everything's connected Thomas Cross had billions in hidden offshore accounts all stripped clean within hours of the kidnapping someone wanted the son dead to lure out the father someone smart enough to stay in the shadows While we did the wet work, and the Highmores picked up the cheque. A shadow client. Someone got rich. The contract was just. That was a sound problem.
0: I know you don't
2: care about politics, 47. But ICA is neutral, or has been. Can't allow ourselves to be manipulated. Besides. It's happened before.
0: Italy, Morocco, Paris. It's probably not clear yet that I actually really like this game, and I hesitate to say I love it because I'm open to suggestion, and I think from some slight hinting that Kevin may end up swaying my outlook on Hitman's successes during the rest of this episode here. But I found the evolution of the series' mechanics to be well-polished. We'll get into that bit by bit. Last month we talked about how Assassin's Creed may benefit from going back to more open assassination missions, giving choice back to the players. For you guys, how did Hitman deliver on that premise cuz ultimately that's that's its its core element is sandboxes and play your way and find the secrets and assassinate people most creatively if, as you can.
1: I'll I'll just say it right now that I strongly disliked this game. I I really I couldn't even really get through it barely. I played through the missions, at least tried to play through each one of them once, but it just didn't work for me at all. I don't like how open-ended it is. I don't like how you have to go around and just wait around and find opportunities and, and that kind of thing, especially the DLC missions where they take away you know the guided opportunities from you i absolutely hated that i thought that was a miserable experience and nothing that i would ever want to experience again certainly i I didn't like it at all and i don't think that i'm necessarily going back against what i had previously said last month when i was talking about how assassin's creed might do better with focused assassinations but i was thinking something more along the lines of splinter cell as opposed to this, this is an interesting take on the assassins genre. I've definitely never played anything like it. And Splinter Cell, granted, is not really assassination as much as it is spy, and I, I think that's a bit of a difference. But I just didn't like how passive the entire game felt. It, it just didn't click with me at all. Hmm.
2: I I flip flopped on this game so much while I was playing it. I know I kind of gave that away a bit to you guys in the in in our chat where I was sort of saying, I, I've given up, now I like it, now I don't, and I'm still not really sure exactly where I fall. But certainly in terms of that question of uh, approach it how you want and um, sort of more open ways of assassinating the, the the person in the level, I I appreciated the fact that there were so many varied options in terms of how you go about it, but there was there was a lingering sense of it being sort of slightly artificial. I think the way that the opportunities kind of played out and the fact that you go back into the, you're encouraged really to go back into the level later and try something else. And you kind of, you walk past the opportunity that you took last time. It, it makes it feel much more like a simulation, which I know is ridiculous because a game is a simulation, but, but it took, it took a certain immersion away from me because I don't know, it almost felt a little bit robotic. And it's something that I found with, sometimes you find with 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 rpgs as well you know when you, you, you the first time you walk into a village you think oh wow everyone's you know this guy's working over here this guy's having a drink at the at the bar or whatever and then you go back later and you realize that they just do that on a clock every day and it, suddenly the immersion's broken i i found that quite strongly with this because because it was kind of presenting this illusion of you know you can do things lots of different ways and 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 uh, there will be emergent opportunities to to assassinate in in different ways. That the fact that you're then encouraged to go back in, you kind of notice that they, you think that thing you thought was really cool that you did last time that that really felt like you'd kind of sprung upon a a chance that that kind of presented itself to you organically. You you, you kind of see it more as like a clinical thing of like oh no wait I just ticked that box for that particular opportunity and particularly the fact that they 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 have literal checklists in the menu to say congratulations you found this one way of doing it now find this one way of doing it and it kind of took away a little bit of the sense that I was being creative and more just that I was playing a very grand game of where's Waldo of just sort of going okay now I found this way of doing it I'll go back in now I found this way of doing it and it, it took a little bit of, of the of the magic away I guess certainly for me the first time I played through every single level by by the time I got to the the last story mission, I was feeling very enthusiastic about the game, and I I really enjoyed my my short experience with it. But and and I thought at that point, oh great, I'm going to go back and tick all these boxes and and do all these different opportunities. But the second I went back, the second I went straight back to to the beginning, went back to Paris, and started fulfilling some of the opportunities, that was when it really sunk in that like oh okay, this is just a kind of robotic map of people following the same patterns over and over again and and the fact that there's so few opportunities to to maybe fulfill more than a few of those uh tick boxes and the fact that you you then really have to either uh set up a bunch of saves to make it efficient or just replay the entire thing again from the beginning just to maybe tick one box it that was when the the crack started to appear for me i guess and and so i i kind of i i the reason why i'm not sure whether i'm positive or negative on it is because in a way i'm positive on the very pure single run experience of going all the way through the levels once and coming at the end and saying okay i'm i'm happy with the way that it felt to do each of these assassinations once um i just the, the fact that the game is really set up to encourage you to go back again it was actually the 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 act of going back over stuff that really started to, to make me feel a bit negative but it doesn't necessarily mean that the game's bad it just means or, or not even necessarily that, it, that it's not for me it just means that maybe this is the kind of game that I only need to go through once and then drop it
1: I, I think that's exactly one of the things you you mentioned at the beginning of that is exactly what I feel in terms of the game not feeling very organic mm. it really doesn't it feels very much like everything happens in the same way every single time it's like a grand engineered system where every piece does exactly what you'd expect it to so it means that there's no emergent gameplay that's probably something I stole from a developer at some point so congrats on that but it feels like there's nothing there that i can really like be surprised by once i figure out how something happens it always happens Mm. in that exact same way so when i compared this like i said earlier to splinter cell you know the guards are are on a path and same thing with metal gear actually guards are on a path always and generally you can expect them to do certain things but they will move off of it and as you start killing people it just it doesn't feel the same and maybe i now that i say it that is kind of similar to what hitman is doing too so maybe what the difference is is that hitman really spells it out for you like sam said there's a checklist in the menu that tells you it's more in your face about the fact that all of this is contrived to be exactly this one way whereas in splinter cell i guess admittedly it is kind of exactly the same but it doesn't tell you that and it pretends in fact not to be and when it does that i believe it so i think maybe that's the difference for me and why this just doesn't work for me at all and
0: we had uh we had forum feedback from hawkeye barry 20 who echoes a lot of what you guys just said he said what really surprised me and kind of disappointed me was the lack of randomness it's just figuring out the pieces and how to place them which i guess is fine i just wasn't expecting it the target is always in the same room or taking the same path and has the same number of people with him once you find a solution it will work 100 percent of the time unless you deviate from it and i would just add to that, totally see that like i i I agree you know it would be difficult if not impossible to disagree with that it's it's simply objectively true of this game that once you see through that matrix you can reliably predict what's going to happen every time to the extent that you know even if your target is off maybe going down the path of a different opportunity once you sort of activate certain sections of the opportunity that you're tracking ...that target will drop what they're doing and come over to you, you know? So, you, like in, uh, in the Japan level, you can poison the sushi or poison, was it some kind of poisonous fish you can serve that was supposed to not be served that day because it was dangerous, but she wanted it served anyway. She wanted to take the chance. You can disguise yourself as a cook and serve that sushi sushi to her, and she could be on the other end of the map doing something else that might have been opportunistic for you had you been doing a different opportunity, but because you're doing this one, as soon as the sushi is ready to be served, you can even see her on the map just like immediately drop whatever she's doing and come over to you so you wouldn't have to like wait there all day. And there were... There are bits and pieces that are unscripted, so to speak. Uh, so, oh, well, certainly when you when you set things off and things go awry, then then it's all unscripted. But the game lets you sort of direct it yourself. I, I guess you could say it it plays off of your maneuvers and and it reacts accordingly to to your benefit, at least on the base difficulty. Uh, I think a lot of people get a kick out of playing this game on the higher difficulties where the opportunities aren't so easily spelled out for you. Uh, although, Kevin, you said you didn't
1: like that, right? You- I definitely did not like that whatsoever, but that's because I don't like games that are open-ended. Just like I said, I was going to sell Breath of the Wild, which probably you know ticked off a lot of people right then, and they haven't left that little detail. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just don't like games that are all about exploration and figuring things out yourself. I really don't. I like games that kind of guide you. So I expected to like Hitman a lot. And saying that, you would think that I would. But I think, like I said, the falsity of the whole thing is what really makes me not like it. There's a big difference between being told where to go and everything happening the exact same way every time. Like you said, people will drop it. And sometimes the game does explain it. You know, if you cook dinner in Sapienza, when you can pretend to be a chef and poison the meal and then you have to ring the dinner bell to to call him over. So it in the world it makes sense that this guy drops what he's doing, comes over, because you told him, Hey, it's it's dinner time and so or lunchtime. And and so it, it does make sense, but it just comes off as wrong and especially that higher difficulty then where you really have to to figure it out yourself it just doesn't work for me at all i just i, I just hate it <laughs> so
2: <laughs> yeah and i think particularly with that the fact that the professional difficulty takes away the the actually being able to see the opportunities and stuff and, and the fact that you can change that kind of thing in the menu i've always found that when people say that to me about stuff like you know just do it on a lot of harder difficulty or you know you can switch up the, the 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 hud so that you can't see so much stuff and i By that point, I'm kind of like, yeah, but they didn't set it up that way, and I'm still aware, you know, if you take away where the opportunities are, I'm still, I've still already had that fourth wall broken by that point because I've been through the game and, and I've seen the opportunities emerging. I kind of, I know that there are just switches that I need to flick, and it's just a matter of, of going and flicking them. So really, that's not changing the experience it's just changing the fact that there isn't a light bulb icon on the screen I just kind of have to go and find wander around until a light bulb goes off and then I'm still just kind of following a relatively artificial uh path from there I guess but I I don't know it's it's hard to say I mean I, I I wonder whether if they had if the game had started with something a bit more like the professional difficulty as kind of the base and that you know even like the tutorial was based on the idea that you you don't necessarily know exactly where the opportunities are. Um, And maybe if rather than just some of the feats and challenges and stuff in the menus, because I know some of them are are redacted um, so that you don't really know how to trigger them. Maybe if they were all completely, you know, they could still list them, but you really have no idea how to trigger any of them. Um, Maybe if they'd started from there, then that would have allowed that, Sort of suspension of disbelief a little longer because because it wasn't right in your face as Kevin was saying it's not presented as this is a series of stuff that you go and, need to go and do maybe maybe that would have kind of kept the immersion going a little at least a little bit longer and 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 I think that might be how we're talking about sort of other games that are virtually doing the same thing as this uh, and yet we're 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 seeing them favourably and, and and this one less so is is because they're not so on the nose about it and they're not spelling it out for us as much.
1: Hmm.
0: And we actually, on that note, we had a, a conversation, I, I pulled two pieces of feedback uh, between Betasig X20, who originally comments, and then Lieutenant Davo, who is one of the big time Hitman fans that was in the forums with us this month. Uh, Davo's comment that I'll read is a direct reply to Betasig, so I'll just read those now. Uh, Betasig said, am I the only one who thinks that they're getting a little too blatant with guiding you towards these opportunities? I mean, to the point where they're all listed on the menu prior to starting the level. It just feels like the game is giving you the solutions, or at least a pretty big hint, and instead of the satisfaction of exploring and planning and trial and error to find the best solution you can. Instead, you basically just have a checklist of different ways to complete the level. And to that, Lieutenant Davo replied, I disable opportunities and wish they weren't there. They've always had their equivalent, but the older games either let you find them on your own, or they would throw one hint out, like... The lawyer has ordered an opium pipe and leave you to it. And I would just, as an aside, I'd say you can tell Davo's a fan because that's that's a direct uh, example. I, th- I think that's from Blood Money. <laughs> so he's definitely seasoned with this uh, franchise. And he continued, This game walks you through each baby step with neon signs. It's what I mean when I say they're dumbing down the game. It takes away the joy of experimentation, even looking up solutions and walkthroughs on the internet to discover things you didn't know about a level is more fun than having the game actively seek to spoil everything for you.
2: Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point, and I think that certainly on the surface level you might look at Assassin's Creed compared to Hitman and say that Hitman's giving you more creative options in order to, to, to do stuff, um, but actually the the joy of experimentation i would say is is stronger with assassin's creed even though you've got a much more limited tool set. just the fact that you know you can you can approach it from any angle and you know you can come back and try it again later very easily and 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 things emerge a lot more along the way uh, particularly with the latest assassin's creed it, it it might on the surface seem like there's fewer options for creativity but the joy of of being creative is is slightly more present i think uh, than than in hitman
0: Another staple of the franchise is Agent 47's ability to change into disguises in an instant. What we lose for realism there is made up for with player agency. The disguises are sort of put into tiers, where like a security guard may be able to get places a pedestrian can't, but a bodyguard can go even to places more numerous and otherwise restricted, even for the, for the security for example. Most of these aren't foolproof, as some people can see through your disguises, which makes you have to move carefully through the crowds. Did you guys enjoy this part of the stealth mechanics of this game? It's optional and highly rewarded for playing without using any disguises, but personally for me that takes away so much of the fun.
1: What do you guys think of of this component? I definitely think that the suit-only stuff is pretty much for the hardcore fans. That's something that you do once you've mastered everything else in the game. So uh... I feel like, of course, anyone who first starts the game is going to experiment with these. And I thought it was definitely a unique way to take on this genre. Compared to basically every other stealth assassination game, again, like Splinter Cell or Metal Gear Solid, you really never try to trick someone right in front of them. You are hiding and sneaking around. And while you do kill people silently and get out without ever being seen, I guess in Hitman, you don't technically do that. You get seen by everyone. They just don't know who you are. So that's a, a completely different feeling. I, I guess those older games and, well, different games are are very different than what Hitman's doing, and that's because of the disguises. I think it definitely makes it an interesting way to play. It's quite unlike anything else. It seems like they've got a good thing going there. I, I definitely enjoyed them
2: i mean there have been a few times that some of the other staples Cell series have, have flirted with disguises um assassin's Creed liberation had a fairly basic disguise component where where the the heroine of that game could could disguise herself as as either a member of uh, one of the i think one of the resistance movement resistance movements or uh, a slave girl or a um a sort of lady of a lady of leisure or something like that. I can't really remember what it was, but but she used in a very basic way that allowed her to access different parts of the map. Um and equally Metal Gear Solid 3 had um camouflage systems, um, so you were sort of having to uh change your costume quite often, but that was a lot more to do with actually blending into the environment. Um but in both of those cases I really liked the times that those series deviated into those directions. I kind of thought it was it was cool that they were thinking about other ways to be stealthy so definitely coming into this i felt that the disguises element was was, uh, it was a real highlight and it it really changed things up and it was kind of fun to to sneak your way into an area and people very nearly see you but then you find a disguise and you just walk back past like nothing's happened and they, and you just think did they not see a bald guy just go behind that That sound system and change into a tech crew outfit, and now he's just wearing a pair of headphones. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but but that's but that's the humor, and and that's that's fine. Like I, I can I can tell, and maybe Mark, you can you can clarify, but I can tell that that the series seems to have a pretty silly sense of humor when it comes to that element of the gameplay. Is that something that's been in the game before?
0: Yeah, that that's been. That's always been a part of the series. I was actually thinking fondly, uh, playing this month. I was thinking fondly back to some of my previous favorite uh, disguises. One, in one of them, you can dress as Santa. You're at a Christmas party, and you can dress up as Santa Claus. Uh, I don't. You don't even have a beard, so that that should have been a giveaway. But you know, with the, within the games sort of universe, it it all works. Well, you know, at least mostly works if you're doing it, playing it right. In Blood Money, there's also a a Mardi Gras level where there are, I think there's like three, there's maybe four people total you have to eliminate, but three of them are dressed in goofy mascot suits. And once you eliminate one or more of them, you can actually wear the mascot suit yourself and disguise yourself as those other partners. And so you're just walking around like, like Big Bird through Mardi Gras, basically. It, it's, uh, it's ridiculous. They, yeah. They've always done that. And I, I forget, does this, does this game make any mention of, uh, I know sometimes when you walk by, like if you're dressed as a bodyguard and you approach two bodyguards that don't recognize you and can't see through your disguise, they'll just, you know, they'll say some work related item to you. But I don't remember if they ever do any of like the meta humor where it's like, uh, yeah, you know, where it just kind of like pokes fun at itself for having this. Like you said, I remember one moment specifically in the bonus mission landslide where I had to steal the clothes of the photographer. So I walked behind the the porter potties or whatever you guys might call them in england sam i don't know what you call them uh maybe you don't have those foul <laughs> things but uh <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah uh you know he he walks behind there I, I walk behind there dressed as you know a bodyguard or whoever it was and there's a couple people standing right on the other side of it they don't see me choke him out and dump his body and steal his clothes and then i come right around the corner again dressed as the photographer no nobody bats an eye you know i suddenly have a barcode on the back of my now bald head and i'm like oh yeah that's, that's the photographer he was he was just urinating like you know it's it's basically just always been written into the game like that like it's ridiculous but just go with it i mean he is also you know like i said he's changing his clothes in virtually like two two seconds maybe so he just kind of rummages them on the floor real quick and suddenly he's he's redressed
2: yeah i did quite i didn't uh notice quite a lot of times when people would just say something kind of ridiculously basic about my profession as it seems from my costume you know in marrakesh you can you can steal the waiter's outfit and then walk to the far end of the map where there's a massive riot going on outside of an embassy and still you'll bump into someone in the riot and they'll go there's some glasses to clean up on table six or something like that (laughs) yeah it sounds like you know bad design but in a way i think it's just a, it's an acceptance that there's limits to it and i guess as someone who's always had a soft spot for things like uh the elder scrolls and things like that it's, it's almost like part of the charm that when you get these kind of slightly broken dialogue interactions with people um it's something that that you can get away with if if the charm of actually doing the thing and in this case you know putting putting on the disguise and getting away with it if that's charming enough you can get away with sort of slightly unintentionally funny moments with with uh, the dialogue
0: yeah that's that's precisely how i've always felt about this series is that it's it's certainly a a quirky thing, but it, you know it's unique. At one point in the forums, I know Kevin briefly, you know, re- referred to this game as as like waiting the game, and I, I joked that it's a waiting simulator. And uh, you know, I I I think you meant to to use that negatively, Kevin. But I I think when you look at Hitman, and you've kind of even admitted it yourself, I think earlier, it really doesn't play like anything else with with the heavy use of disguises and and just the way you piece together the assassinations. There's you know if. If there's a lot of waiting around for the cool stuff to happen, it's, I don't know, I think it's still almost, it's it's admirable and, and quirky and, and, like Sam said, charming for it to just be so different than all of its other genre counterparts. Like, it's not like Splinter Cell. It's not like Dishonored. It, no other game really plays like this game. Oh, oh, actually, I will say one other game plays like it, but that's because they stole everything from Hitman. That was some indie game that came out a few years ago that basically copied the Hitman format.
1: <laughs> you know, I I did call it waiting the game, and that's literally the primary reason i don't like it like i said earlier i don't like open-endedness too much but i could get through that since it does direct you to each of the opportunities for the most part you still have to figure out a bit of it for yourself but it'll it'll tell you the general area to go most of the time and that works for me the problem is then once you do that you just sit around and wait just like alien isolation you just sit and you <laughs> wait around and you're overcome with boredom, and this boredom erodes any amount of fun you could have possibly been having. You flip out your phone and start browsing through it as as you wait, and some of them actually will never trigger, and the game just doesn't tell you that. You, you can continue doing the opportunity even though it's technically passed. For instance, on the Paris mission, my first time playing the game, which really was the perfect time to just spoil the whole experience, I randomly chose, well, I I walked around for a long time trying to figure out how this game played and really what I was doing. And then I chose one of the opportunities where you drop the lights on top of the guy. I thought, okay, this is going to be, you know, an interesting way to kill him and that will be fun. So I do the whole thing. I set it up. This mission has been going for like 30 minutes now. No one tells me that he only walks on the stage after the fashion show ends and if the fashion show ends he won't walk back on it again he just stands around near it which is what happened for me so i sat there for literally 15 minutes while <laughs> this guy's just sitting next to the stage and i'm just hoping that one day he's gonna walk on it and he never does <laughs> <One day. laughs> the game never tells it i didn't know so i just sitting around waiting and it just wasn't very fun at all in fact it wasn't not very fun it was horrifically boring and awful <laughs> And it, I turned off the game immediately and had to come back to it another day. And it, it just never really recovered from that for me. It just isn't anything that I can appreciate.
0: Yeah, well, that, that's, that's an especially bad first impression. <laughs>
1: yeah, and if I
2: can just very quickly jump in as well, because it's really interesting. When I said earlier that I got all the way through the game and enjoyed it and then went back and tried to do some of the other opportunities and stuff and that's when it started to go sour for me it was that exact same opportunity I, I didn't do that one the first time I got all the way through the game and, and actually had relatively interesting and straightforward and exciting opportunities in each level um, but I went back to Paris and the first thing I tried to do was that exact same one and I had that that was when when I felt they dropped the ball so maybe this maybe that is just a really unfortunate um, opportunity to put right at the front of the game where it's just like hey go upstairs and just wait for ages and ages I mean it, it, it I did manage to pull it off but, but I still ha- I just had to sit there for so long and um, I was saying to, to Mark when, when 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 I did that that actually the I, I completed the opportunity in terms of I killed him but it didn't tick the box in the little screen where it tells you whether or not you've done the opportunity or not so I went through all of that waiting and it didn't even check the box anyway when I did it. So yeah.
1: yeah, that was that was the problem. Most of the time, the game actually does fail an opportunity when the time passes. If you fail to trigger something that you needed to, and it, you just miss it, then it tells you, and the game takes that opportunity away from you. You can't complete it anymore, which is is fine. If some of them are timed. That actually makes the game a bit better. I, I'm happy with that. This one, though, for whatever reason, it didn't tell you. So you are just left to sit there. And granted, at the time, I didn't know that it would ever tell you. But it's just inexcusable. It it should have told you that specific one. Uh, Sam, you're definitely right. It it was very unfortunate one to put it at the beginning. But really, at any point in the game, that would have soured kind of the whole thing on, a, on it for me. Because... I it, it literally wasted 15 minutes of my wife life just sitting around browsing my phone being very <laughs> bored holding down RB hoping <laughs> this guy was going to move and you know I, I reloaded a couple times after that 15 minutes to think you know maybe I messed up but no it I had to look online and eventually I just found out that he just sits there if you if you go too far into the game <laughs> so that was that was wonderful
0: if uh you know if our stealthy assassinations are aren't uh, living up to it some living up to their hype sometimes uh how often did you guys consider going in guns blazing with this game if if at all i i think pretty much every modern stealth game is, is actually really a stealth action game which usually allows for you to go loud when you need to you know if if it's a last resort or even if it's if it's your your first option uh you know dishonored metal gear solid Those games, I think, excel at letting you stay stealthy or still rewarding you for, you know, if it doesn't reward you in its scoring system, because usually stealth games, even when they allow for the action, the scoring system usually still skews towards favoring stealth. But they usually at least play reasonably well if you fail to remain stealthy. How do you guys think Hitman does in that regard?
1: I spent quite a lot of time in the non-stealthy aspect of Hitman near the end of my playtime, as I would quickly get frustrated with it and decide it was just time to kill him. And (laughs) it actually mostly worked. I eventually started completing missions just by, all right, you know, screw it, blow his head off. Did anyone see me? Oh, they happened to. Oh, well, let's just mow them down as well. (laughs) Uh, The game controlled very poorly. I can definitely attest to that. It was clearly not designed for you to be doing that it allows it but there's i I don't think there's any auto aim and even if there is the whole thing just feels really really clunky and yeah and not enjoyable to actually control while you're in the thick of battle which is fine because you're not supposed to be doing that at all and they only put it in there so that you can basically I, i think someone on the forums commented that it's basically there for you to you know, gun them down as punishment, and then you reload and and try again. So when they see you say you know oh, this is your fault, now you're dead. Now I feel better. Now I can reload. That's <laughs> that's the only reason you're able to do this because it, it's clearly not meant to. Uh, I had a couple of like the Colorado level as I was trying to leave. I I never actually finished it. I got all the assassinations down playing normally. I I only killed I think. Two, of, I killed two of them with like the battering ram without even realizing that that was going to be part of the an achievement, which I thought was cool. And then I found the science guy and I was actually going to do an opportunity, but I was in a, a room alone with him. So I thought, well, you know, okay, <laughs> blow his head off. Why not? Uh, that solved that problem. And then put him in a closet. So that was fine. That wasn't intentional, but I used my silencer and, and no one knew. And then the last girl was in, you know, that little house and i I just got tired of the opportunities, so I just, you know, shot her and killed her in front of everyone and planned on just running away because the the guys are a little slow to, to react to you. You can kind of run away before they really start shooting at you. And then I realized you have to get this guy's face yeah. to escape the level. I had no idea what that meant. And so I, I tried to go back to his dead body, which had despawned actually, or not despawned, but I guess been dragged away. And I thought, man, I'm gonna have to cut this guy's head off, which is really, really gruesome. And <laughs> eventually I, I figured out that that's not what you do. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but either way, you know, I, I'd screwed that mission because everyone was, hated me. So I just had to quit and I didn't actually escape from that mission. But uh, I did, did put some effort into it. it Basically bottom line, the whole thing just doesn't work at all as an action game. It's just just not very good. I did the same thing on uh yeah, Bang Bangkok. That's the one. I did the whole thing with the with one of the guys, did all of them. And then the second guy, I saw a boat and I had picked up boat keys or, or something like that. Maybe I had a name maybe it wasn't that mission, but I saw a boat and I thought, you know, I bet I'm gonna be able to escape on that. This attorney is right here next to it. Well I'll just pull out my gun and just murder him and then walk over to the boat because I don't care if anybody knows I did this. So, you know, that that was how I played. And uh, granted, that was clearly not the right way to play. And I, I will say that I did honestly try to play the game correctly before I opted for the totally wrong approach. But at least this does give me some credibility when I say it sucks either way. (laughs) i yeah before before you chime in sam i did want to say i
0: you know i played each level multiple times this month i actually ended up getting a lot more achievements uh which was really cool that it kind of felt like the almost a quintessential playlist game for me because every so many others have been replays and this one was like a fresh play of a game i actually liked and it was cool to like actually chase achievements all month i hadn't been able to do that much but having said all that at one point on uh, bangkok i did the same thing i i think i used an opportunity to eliminate the lawyer and then the singer whose birthday it is you remember that that's the context of it he's having a birthday party there for whatever reason he i think there was like i don't know how i did it maybe, maybe i did that thing where I, I i gashed the the lobby or whatever and it forced a bunch of people outside and he was sitting on the front steps actually sitting on him. And I, I knew that boat, that same boat that you were just mentioning was, was going to be a getaway option. So I kind of just like, I, I sprinted, I pressed the sprint or it's in Hitman. It's like a jog button. I jogged into him just to like flinch the character model. So he would stand up because I couldn't, uh, I couldn't uh, attack him other than shooting him while he was sitting. And I was holding a, uh, a melee weapon like a screwdriver or something. So I, uh, I just ran into him so he'd stand up and then I just quickly killed him in sight of everyone. And then I zigzagged as like six or eight different security guards were firing on me. And then I was able to somehow just barely, probably I was able to make it to the boat and just sped away, totally lacking all stealth. But I actually uploaded that clip to the, to the playlist hub. So people can check that out if they want to, it, it was, you know, I was, I was usually much flashier and, and more stylish with my assassinations, but I forget why I did that one that way I think I was just chasing opportunities elsewhere so just to like kill him and, and get it over with real quick and, and get some points for that level I just quickly just screwdrivered his face and ran away.
2: <laughs> yeah I um I had a few times actually particularly with the uh, today's uh, elusive target I, I had a go at that earlier today Um, at the time of recording and that one went all wrong and (laughs) i tried to get away with with just shooting him and uh i managed to kill him but i got mowed down by all the guards um because this was in the uh marrakesh level and i was in the underground bunker bit where there's a there's an emergency escape route and that was a really poor choice to just think oh i'll just shoot him in front of like 30 soldiers i'll be able to get away with it but i um i i do find that i i kind of get that like okay, this game isn't about shooting, so we're not going to develop a particularly fun or uh, well-designed shooting aspect because it's kind of a punishment. But ultimately, it leaves a sour taste in your mouth to either succeed or not succeed when you're trying to grapple with the the design of, of, of the combat and, and yeah i don't think that's necessarily the right way to go i mean don't get me wrong something like metal Gear solid hasn't got the best combat system in the world um but it's pretty competent and so if you don't do the hardcore stealth route and go for you know uh, actually shooting people it's not a total nightmare um you might still come out and thinking ah damn i probably could have done that more stealthily but you don't feel kind of miserable about it whereas i found that every time <laughs> i had to resort to gunplay i either felt cheated or i got killed and felt frustrated so um yeah that's definitely I, I i've got a feeling that they're probably they've probably had a fair amount of feedback about maybe tweaking that that gunplay a little bit but but again mark I, I throw it to you i guess it has as the gunplay always been a little bit uh less well developed i assume it assume it must be uh in, in previous games
0: yeah, yeah, it's always been bad. I I saw in the forum someone actually said it's better than it has been before. I think for things like sniping it's better because before it had like that scope sway and I don't think there was like a hold your breath option like you see in a lot of shooting games. Um, so you just kind of had to like wait for the reticle to go over someone's like face or whatever. <laughs> but uh, I think the just handgun like close combat sort of firearms gun uh, gunplay was was actually worse than this one. I maybe I'm misremembering, but I, I felt more powerful in previous games when I did resort to like the loud violence <laughs> rather than the quiet violence. Uh, Rista B in our forums actually commented on how bad the shooting was as well. Uh, they said, If they come up with a Season 2, they absolutely have to improve the shooting controls in the game. Regardless that shooting is generally a last resort, there is no excuse for how bad the controls are when you have to use firearms. Even trying to use sniper rifles is extremely painful to aim at targets due to the poor responsiveness and control. So yeah, that's, that's always been a, a blemish on the series. It's obviously never going to be their focal point but there are other stealth games that have it both ways so it's 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 not impossible but i guess you know that's just not where their time and attention is going to be One thing I did think this game does better than any of its predecessors is the intricacy of the levels, at least in terms of crowd sizes and the sort of layers and layers to each level. You know, like Sapienza at first looks like it's the beach level, but then, you know, as you move through it, you find that that weird laboratory. It seemed like every level had that sort of thing. Even uh, Hokkaido at the end, it looks like it's a... It's it's what it's like a health clinic for rich and famous people or something like that, uh, or some sort of hospital. But there's also like that observation room, and they they've got like robotic control arm controls performing surgeries. And to me, it seemed like every level was more than what first meets the eye. Like when you're introduced to it, even in the you know, not just in the f- menus, but even when you first get to a level, it would look a certain way. But then there th- there seemed to always be more to it than that, and I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, as a longtime fan, I thought. That's better than they've ever done. and devious in the forums, who was like lieutenant Dao and like myself was is a long time seemed to be a long time fan of the series who had a lot to say all month long about this game in terms of its legacy, on the subject of the levels. He said, I I thought the first mission in Paris was the most intricate and well-designed map in Hitman history. And then I go to Sapienza. The possibilities are mind-boggling. I wish I was 10 years younger and unemployed so I could just play about on these for hours and hours and hours. I totally echo that. When I think back to some of Hitman's best levels, I always loved the big crowds. And there were few and far between. The, The first one I remember was that Mardi Gras level I mentioned earlier, which wasn't until 2006, Blood Money. Uh, and then Absolution did a lot of them, but then this game really blew that out of the water. Did you guys like the massive crowds? I mean, there were you know like Japan, it's it's not such a big deal, but levels like Paris and Marrakesh on those ones. It for me, it was it was really fun. It was kind of a, a childhood dream fully realized to to be walking about in those sides
1: crowds. I thought it was interesting, and in terms of gameplay, it definitely made it feel more alive. I think, so I, I I would say I definitely liked them. That's probably the best way to put it. I will say that on a technical level, they were questionable. If you actually fired off a gun in the middle of them, which I did, of course, they removed all the clippings, so you could literally just walk through the crowd and it wasn't. It didn't really feel like a crowd. So on a, on a technical level, I wasn't really that impressed by it. Not that I blame them for it, because that shouldn't really matter. Nobody's going to be doing that except for me. But <laughs> <laughs> I I did like them from a gameplay perspective. I thought that they added a lot, even to the gameplay, just because it changed the tone of it and kind of how you approached the game. Uh, I thought it was I thought it worked, and so I, I definitely liked them.
2: I actually had quite a lot of clipping issues throughout even when i wasn't being unstealthy and that (laughs) i guess for me like it's a nice to have to have big crowds but for me i would prefer to have a crowd that is that reacts like a real person if even if it means that they're smaller um so yeah i think it's another another case in this game of like on first glance it looks fantastic and it's amazing and then maybe when you start to kind of delve a bit deeper into it that some of the cracks start to show but I, i noticed a couple of times that that it seemed like only certain crowd members, even if they were just random street people, only some of them were capable of noticing you doing stuff. Um, Certainly in Marrakesh, I remember uh, knocking a shopkeeper out in full view of what looked like three or four different people and none of them reacted. I thought, (laughs) oh, okay, for some reason I don't care. I went back and did it. This was part of an escalation (laughs) mission. So I went back and, and, and uh, had to do the same part again with a little extra, extra detail. And I did it again. And, someone was alerted and went to find a guard and and i i went into like the intuition view and i realized that they were sort of uh that particular member of the crowd was outlined in white but the others weren't and i was kind of like so the others sort of like almost like background art in that they're not really there and they're not supposed to react but they just kind of throw in some some people that will react to give the illusion of everyone being able to to react and if so, that's quite clever, and maybe it's just unfortunate that I I happen to notice it. But but yeah, that kind of thing sometimes broke the immersion for me. And just to go back to one of the other points you made, Mark, about the fact that the environments had these like multiple layers to them. That that was actually a real strong highlight for me. Like underneath all the crowds and everything else, is just I I actually thought the environmental storytelling was pretty good because. Um, Every time you revealed a lower level or a different level of the of of the whole map, you're also going into these in most cases you're going into a slightly not sci-fi, but certainly like modern tech, future tech kind of area of the map, in most cases. So in the case of um Sapienza, you're going into this uh sort of strange lab where they're creating this virus that can that can target people directly and Um, The same in in Hokkaido like you were saying there was you know you go from this uh, admittedly futuristic clinic but beyond like just outside of that you've got these sort of slightly sinister other things going on these sort of mood altering drugs and, and all sorts of things and I thought that that was really clever that they used the environment itself as a way to say here's how things are working day to day and here's the weird stuff going on under the surface and I've kind of felt like that was almost preempting the the providence stuff in a way when it when it then came was that you know you, you understand what's going on, on the surface he works as a hitman for the ICA but actually there's this other layer of stuff going on and yeah I thought that was actually for a game that had such little story um the, the fact that they used really good environmental storytelling was was kind of surprising in a way
1: yeah and for me I I think I felt the same way about it I did like how the levels were designed that you got a sense of discovery as you moved through them. It wasn't one note. Like, when you first begin... Well, actually, the whole Paris mission, honestly, was pretty simple. I don't think it really had too much of that. I guess they wanted a, a good introduction. But as soon as you move past that, and especially later on when you just start discovering secret labs or underground shelters and that kind of thing, it really adds a sense of discovery that really works for this game. I definitely found myself exploring, and you know I'd be told, all right, you now you need to kill this next person and i'd I'd think I have a pretty good grasp of the level, and then I would suddenly discover that there's an entire other area either below it or off to the side in a cave or wherever it happened to be, and I thought that felt really fun to discover each of these different things so That was one of the things I most liked about the level design. I think, even though I didn't like the game, the level design in this game is just excellent. There's a lot of different ways to get anywhere, so you really can take a bunch of different approaches to get to where you're going if you can figure out what they are. So in terms of level design, I thought that worked really well, even if I didn't necessarily like the gameplay surrounding it. It was probably my highlight. That's really uh,
0: it's sort of the promise of the very early Hitman's finally realized. Like, it just wasn't possible on on older games to to create levels this size with this many people on them, and they were much more one note back in the day. And they and they still worked. Um, actually, some some of them I guess were really big, but they were very sparse. You know, I remember there's some levels and contracts, especially, but there's not much in them. Whereas in, in this game. There, there was like we said there's there's always layers and layers it was refreshing in a way that that's one thing that is definitely a, a hard reboot and they'll certainly keep it that way too i think going forward that will only get more intricate which is lovely for fans like me that are going to stick with it we should uh discuss the game several other modes too outside of the story mode we've mentioned them in passing here and there there's the elusive targets which are timed pretty much one and done missions you you get essentially one attempt. Once you start any of the objectives on the list, you have to finish it then and there. There's no saving. If you die, it's no longer available to you. They're not always uh, so specific like the Escalation missions get, but the elusives are cool in that, you know, you, you've got that one shot at it and you can succeed or fail. And if you fail, you've got to wait till the next one, which is usually several, several weeks away. We During the duration of January, we had one that was active most of the month. And then just, I think last night or today, a new ones went active as we're recording here, did you guys play the the elusive target? It was uh, it was like a Justin Bieber type that was meant to be taken down, if I recall.
2: Yeah, so I did it uh, as soon as it cropped up, actually. Um, and I did, as I said earlier, I tried I tried to cram in the one that went live this morning, and that that was a terrible idea, uh, and I've lost that opportunity forever. But oh yeah, um, <laughs> but no, I, I again, this is, this is kind of calling back to the promise of the of of what people were saying in the forums about essentially taking away the opportunities uh well not taking them away but taking away how obvious they were when you do the elusive target you kind of see the the effectively the hard mode of the game i mean you you have the you have a lot less uh indicator as to who the target even is what he looks like well you know what he looks like but it doesn't come up in your intuition um as easily like you know that's your target over there um just head towards him mm-hmm. um which added a nice layer of working it out for yourself but again this kind of comes back to the to what we were talking about earlier that because it's still a crafted experience in a way um and there is a certain artificiality to the way that people move it was almost kind of frustrating to to just kind of hang around and wait for people to do their routines um, and hit their checkpoints uh, as the game was prescribing without really knowing wh- whether it had anything to do with the the, the guy you were trying to kill because you wouldn't necessarily know where he was. I mean, I spent a, I spent probably a good part of an hour on my elusive target uh, just kind of triggering what I remembered of the opportunities from, from Paris to to get certain disguises and stuff just to get into rooms and find oh he's not in here okay uh, i'll do another bit and and (laughs) there was something oddly frustrating about it that i I didn't entirely appreciate i think ultimately i like the idea of the elusive target but actually doing one i just didn't find that fun it was it was for me the part where it really felt more like a, a kind of waiting simulator that worse it could it could not pay off and you never get an opportunity to try it again so you know you even more feel like you might have just wasted an hour of your life on something that you can't even sort of go back and and try over and 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 actually succeed at so <laughs> i don't know it, it might be partly because we we're coming into it so late um when the elusive targets first turned up and the fact that they were cycling sort of fairly regularly maybe that would have felt a bit more like okay i'll try next time but certainly coming into it this late um it just felt more annoying than, than anything that I couldn't try again.
1: <laughs> I did not complete the first elusive target. I wanted to get some good experience in on the game before I tried it, since I knew I was only going to have one shot at it. And then I got the date that it ended wrong. I thought I had one more day, than I did. So I logged on that next day that I thought was the ending to complete it, and I found it was already gone. I did want to try them, though, because I think it was a a fascinating idea. So I was able to complete the one that showed up for the first time last night, which is different than the two that you did. Uh, Well, Sam gave it an attempt. Marrakesh, that's what it was. And so you had to assassinate a guy who was hiding in the Swedish consulate. And I definitely, I, I can echo... Sam's thoughts that you'd go through it, you'd search around, and I couldn't find this guy. I didn't remember even what he was supposed to look like because I didn't realize I needed to pay attention to that kind of thing. So I was literally just wandering around. There's no way for me to know who the target was. Well, at least for sure, because I didn't know if my person was going to comment out about him or not. And eventually, I just decided it was a good time to start murdering everyone so i did i i was in the parking garage which happens to be near where the guy was and just cleared out everyone there and then just kind of kept exploring and eventually i found him and by that point i was just so done with the experience that i just killed him i didn't even try to find any hidden opportunities or anything like that so i i didn't like how little structure there was in terms of competitive gameplay, I can see why they did it, and I'm not necessarily complaining about them. I still think they're a good idea, and for fans of the series, I think they're the target of this. It, this is not for someone like me who doesn't even like what I'm doing in the first place. This is for someone who enjoys the game and wants a new, exciting experience in it. And so, to that degree, I would say that they did a pretty good job with it. So, I, I think they're a great idea still, just not for me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go back and play that new one. Actually, I'm, I'm, despite the fact that this month is ending and we'll we'll be moving on to a new game in February, I'm gonna sprinkle in some more time with this game. I, I'm, uh, I'm really happy it's back. It's, it's been a long time since Hitman was around, and uh, even longer since it's been excellent. And I think, despite all Kevin's musings, I think it is excellent. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I see some of the. I mean, I pretty much agree with a lot of your complaints with it, but. Uh, I do really love this game regardless. Uh, did I didn't play on the, you know, back to other game modes. I didn't play any escalations during this playlist playthrough, although I did play them originally. Uh, as I recall, they're, you know, uh, sort of repetitive by design where you go back and assassinate the same targets on the same missions. Um, up to five times but each time it gets more and more difficult do i do i recall that correctly sam i know you played them this month right
2: yeah um and and i actually preferred them to the elusive targets i it it really becomes more of a puzzle game at that point because yeah essentially you go in the first time and it will say you need to kill this particular person um and sometimes it will say you need to be in a certain disguise or kill him in a certain way um and that'll normally be not a very distinctive character it will be just like a security guard that suddenly now has a name um, and so you have to first off work out which security guard that actually is um, and then uh, complete the complete the assassination once you've done it once the second time it'll say something e- either like you've also got to kill another guy but you need to be wearing this costume when you kill that one and then it might say the, the following time there are more guards certain guards will now s- suddenly see through this disguise there might be more security cameras um so yeah it, it's literally escalates over over the course of five playthroughs of the same same segment of uh of gameplay again i like the concept a few times a, f- a few of the escalations i tried um they were just too long and again it came down to waiting for, for for too long to to go through the same thing five times is one thing to ask but to ask me to go through it five times and spend a lot of that time waiting uh <laughs> as well just felt a bit too much but they put so many out there There there's so many escalations in the game now that i just if i didn't like the fact that it seemed like it was going to take ages to to do one i switched to a different one and found that it was quite an easy and and quick completion that still made me feel like a clever assassin by you know working out what order it's basically a game of working out what order you need to do stuff in and and you do have to really learn the map a bit better because if you can't if you can no longer get past a certain guard because he'll see through you every time You've got to find find out where else you might be able to get that disguise from, uh, you know, and quite often, if you spend enough time exploring the maps, a lot of the disguises, you don't have to actually subdue someone to get them. They're hidden in a locker somewhere or they're, you know, uh, behind a door or whatever it is. It's a really nice way, I think, of, of getting a bit more of a sense of the environment. So I think if people have gone through the main storyline and they're wondering what else to look at, I, I definitely would recommend loading up a couple of escalations and and it will give you a a good opportunity to to see a lot more of the a lot more of the map but still have some structure to it um and you'll end up ticking off some of your checklist for the for the mastery ranking on on that map without having to just kind of randomly run around and try and trigger them at least this way it still gives you a, a decent sort of puzzle game structure to to your experience so definitely worth having a look at
1: so I actually didn't play any of the Escalations. I strongly disliked the game, so I figured they wouldn't offer much to me. And based on what Sam said, I still probably hold true to that. Though I do agree once again that they sound, if this is something that you enjoy, like a great idea. So there's a lot of things in this game that sound pretty great. And just for me, it it's just not something that I'm ever going to be into. But I I like the idea of them, and I'm glad you enjoyed them. And it sounds like in a different game, uh, more like Splinter Cell, I bet I would enjoy them quite a lot. I like the idea of continuously throwing wrenches into the same plan, so you have to, you know, maybe it'll work twice the exact same way, and then the third time it's completely ruined by that new twist. I like that idea a lot, so I'm hopeful that, I guess some other developer will steal this, and I'll get to experience it sometime. (laughs) That that would be good for me.
0: Yeah, like I said, I haven't played any this month, but I'm not done with this game. I'm going to keep playing it. And uh, I think there's an achievement tied to completing a five-level escalation on each map, which I've only done for Paris, back when Paris was new. So uh, I'll be spending time chasing those over the next couple weeks, even as we move on to February's game. Um there's there's one more major point with this game that I want to hit um and thank you for anyone who who's following along with this whole episode I think we're running longer than we ever have before but before we get to that one last major point I I did want to maybe touch on the dynamic music this game uses I don't you guys probably noticed it it's almost like there's a second player who's live in the room with you is like scoring your experience. And if you're, you know, your cover's blown, the music reacts a certain way with certain cues. If you're approaching your target, it like really ramps up in in a certain way. Uh, and if you're making an escape that that's when it gets really interesting, which is especially for me, especially satisfying when you're making a clean escape and no one even knows, and all your, so all your objectives are complete, and you're just trying to get to that exit. And the music really ramps up and up and up, and it it builds uh, very smartly and very effectively, in my opinion. Did you guys notice that? I know Sam, you particularly like video game music. How'd you think this did?
2: Yeah, I mean, definitely, certainly on a technical level, I think it was excellent. And yeah, it really it it was designed to to reflect your emotions. Uh, like you said, if you've managed to get away. Uh, scot-free with no one really noticing you it really swells kind of triumphantly um and equally like yeah if a target is nearby it's kind of it's letting you know and yeah from a technical perspective absolutely agree I think it's great for some reason the actual music itself bothered me and I think <laughs> if I had if I had one criticism for it mainly uh, it's and it's maybe something that, that they can try to improve on with maybe a bigger budget in a in in a in a second game, was that it was the same music in each case. Uh, I don't know whether it always was, but certainly the kind of victorious, you're getting away with it music was always the same kind of musical sting. Um, so I would have liked to maybe seen a little bit more variety that perhaps reflected the levels a bit
0: more. Yeah, that would have been cool.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so there's so much uh, environmental detail that they've put into making you feel like you're in these particular countries. It would have been just, just a, a, a little bit nice to... Hear a little bit more relevant kind of music, some some motifs that were kind of maybe more relevant to the culture of the place that you're in. So, um, but that's 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 nitpicking quite a lot. Definitely technically a wonderful uh, idea, and I'm glad they put it in there. But it's not necessarily my cup of tea in terms of the soundtrack.
0: Um, Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you call it nitpicking, but I think uh, that would actually be something that they should strive to do with the eventual season two. I think that would be awesome. You know, if if we had a different soundtrack for. When you're cover or when you're, you know, when you're approaching your exit cleanly in Marrakesh versus when you're approaching your exit cleanly in Hokkaido, that would that would have been really cool. And I, I know uh, each level, I think, has some like introductory music. I, I can remember some some like classically Japanese twangs in in the Japan level, but yeah, the the dynamic sections of the music that that sort of react to you, those were. Those were uh, the same throughout and it would have been cool to have those customized. one major point like i said i wanted to really get on this and it's something with which i was grappling all during my playthrough so i'm really curious to hear what you guys think of it if you agree or disagree just to preface it a little bit despite the fact that we all play violent video games and the industry as a whole is really focused on violent conflict you know probably about 80 percent of the most popular franchises are are built on violence and war and gunfighting and you know you i get it cuz con- you know conflict is story so like violent conflict is is like you know it's cheap pop as they'd say in, in like show business despite all of that there's for me there's something about hitman that i have to admit it feels like darker and dirtier in a way i don't like i don't know if it just glorifies the killing more i mean i guess it objectively kind of does cuz you're not you're a hitman so your su- your successes are measured in in the bloodshed in a way i don't know it's it's something i've I don't know if I ever felt it before. Maybe maybe I, I was younger and I didn't ponder it back then. Or maybe it's different that this game does. you guys think this game sort of revels in its violence more than others? It's not, you know, it's not especially gory or anything. But just just the way that the targets, they try to, like, make them all feel like they're very deserving of what, what they're getting. You know, like, when you're choking someone out, it's it's only comes after you heard how bad of a person they are. And, I mean, granted, these people usually are terrible people. But there's just something about the way the game frames it all that sort of sells it as, like we're this shining hero, but really we're we're
1: kind of like sinister and, and terrible as well. You know, I absolutely noticed that the game was doing that and I thought it was really strange. Honestly, I never got the feeling that, well, I even talked about it earlier and we all did how agent 47 is basically faceless with no character. So why do I care if he's happy that, you know, this is a bad person and that they deserve to die, which I think he even talks about at some point, or at least, you know, Diane does. I I feel like that just didn't matter. And also that, honestly, who cares? We are out here killing people for random things. They, did. they don't deserve to die for some of these things that they don't. Some of them do, but some of them definitely don't. And so... I just didn't like how it was trying to make it seem like, okay, this is a, a justified killing. I, I thought that was pointless. We're playing an assassin. Nobody's here thinking that this is a guy of fine moral character. And he doesn't he doesn't need to be. So I, I just thought it was a strange thing to even bother with.
2: Yeah, and, and to the point of it, that you were saying, Mark, about it feeling somehow more sinister or darker, I think. I think that kind of plays into that as well. So the fact that Agent 47 is just a hitman and he's blank slate and he's just going to kill people and the gameplay therefore becomes maybe less sort of an action game with a story but more of a puzzle game. There aren't many puzzle games out there where the, the, the key gameplay loop is murdering people. So I think that <laughs> somehow it's it's almost the fact that that it just seems tonally weird to be going through this kind of puzzle and then just throttling someone at the end of it and walking away it, it does feel a bit odd um and i guess i i see where kevin's coming from as well where like it was a bit odd that diana was trying to give you all this context when really the context is we've been paid go kill this person um and i think that maybe felt made it feel a bit dirtier that in some ways it was almost like the game's writers were trying to justify why you were going and killing these people in a way that not only was unnecessary because you are a hitman, but it almost it made it feel more dirty as though they were trying to kind of excuse it and be like, "Oh no, I know it seems like this is really horrible that you're drowning this guy in a toilet, but he is a you know arms dealer or something." I'm like, okay, it kind of almost highlights more like, "Oh, I'm a just a a, a hired killer and I'm just shoving some guy's head down a toilet." It almost like snaps you out of the the the. I think a lot of games get away with it because you're in the middle of some kind of higher motive. Situation, either your own adrenaline from playing, or the story has kind of necessitated it. Certainly, Assassin's Creed, it's the overarching story that kind of helps you get away from from the brutality of what's going on. Sometimes, because you know these characters are in positions of high emotion, or the character you're taking down is is either really evil, or you're as soon as you take them down, you're treated to some sort of interesting philosophical argument about about life and the way things work, and it almost takes you swiftly away from the moment of actually kind of murdering someone whereas i guess because hitman tends to linger on it because that is the whole of it and that is all it is it kind of maybe inadvertently i think forces you to consider what it is you're doing sometimes um but i I definitely don't think that was an intention of the of the developers i think if anything the developers were trying to somehow like i said excuse excuse the the method by which you're getting your contracts by making sure that all of your uh assigned contracts are somehow bad people i think that only accidentally served to make it highlight even more like oh they're trying to excuse me just murdering people in cold blood so yeah it's a it's a weird one and i definitely agree i came away from it feeling slightly weird about the whole experience
0: <laughs> yeah and I, I i very much invite anyone listening uh to comment when, when this episode posts uh if if you guys felt the same it you know, I've been playing video games all my life. Like I said, it's, it's a lot of it, especially AAA mainstream stuff is built on the backbone of like violent conflict. So I'm, you know, as comfortable as someone can be with it without beginning to like revel in it in some like, you know, dangerously unhealthy way. I'm, I'm comfortable with it. I'm not usually affected by it in that way. And unless it, uh, you know unless that's like the cue it's going to like a game like the last of us really wants you to think about the violence and it it gets really in your face with it or like a game like hellblade or something like that but for the most part you know call of duty i can, I can play these sorts of games and sort of you know <laughs> not not to sound dangerous but you know you can kind of like feel nothing you just take it in stride it's that's just the game we've seen dozens and dozens of them before but something about hitman just uh just left me feeling a little more unclean than than most other games and it was unique in that way and it wasn't always pleasantly i mean it's certainly not a pleasantly unique uh facet of the game whoever has thoughts on that definitely let us know I'd, I'd love to hear more and read more about it all right cool um <laughs> not to totally shift gears but let's move on from that dark and and dirty chat to just talking about our achievement statistics for the month that's a great segue I'm sure We had uh, 3,600, almost 3,700 people who unlocked at least one achievement this month. Of those, a little over 2,000 started for the first time. That's some combination of the Game of the Year edition sale and... Hopefully our playlist persuasions to uh, get people to, to join in. 65 people, uh, all of whom I'm envious, completed the, the achievements in, in this game. Although, I wonder if that can just count the the first episode. So maybe not all those people have everything. Oh, but it's not episodic anymore. I don't know how that works. <laughs> We'd have to go look into the, the site to figure that out. Almost 24,000 achievements were unlocked all month for 427,000 gamer score and 780,000 true achievement score which is, as we always say, is our proprietary recalculation from our uh, mathematician slash web developer, Rich, who coined this this whole concept, much to everyone's delight. For me, I got, I well, I, that's what I was saying earlier is why I really like going back and playing this game this month, because I finally got to play a game where I'd already played a little bit, but not much, and I got to chase a bunch of achievements, so I got 20 out of, oh, sorry, I got 20 more achievements for a 370 gamer score, and eight, about 840 TA score, and that puts me total at 45 out of 69 for the whole list for 805. So I got a uh, little under half of all my total achievements just this month alone, and, and I'm, like I said, I'm not done. How'd you guys do?
2: Yeah, so I got uh, 41 achievements for 695 game score, and that's uh, one just under one and a half true achievement uh, which is great really uh, it's rare that i get that many achievements in in a game that quickly um I, and I, I think it's a it's actually a for for all of its problems i actually think it is quite a, a good achievement list um and it was it was a fairly good way to see see the whole game by by chasing it so um that was a definite highlight
1: i managed to get 22 out of 69 achievements for 365 gamer score and a lot of that was just kind of wandering around playing around i thought it was was an interesting list at to say the least a bit grindy but uh, again uh, i think a lot of everything in my opinions in this game are not going to be shared by a lot of people It, it is grindy i guess people agree with that but overall i thought the list did a good job of trying to get you to really experience everything the game had to offer and Obviously, I didn't get many, so I didn't experience everything the game had to offer, but I, I can appreciate it for what it was. It, it looks like a pretty good list if this was my cup of tea. And you won't be going back for any more, I imagine, right? <laughs> Definitely not. You can assuredly say that outside of like a competition, I will immediately uninstall this game for my hard drive today <laughs> and never play it again, hopefully. <laughs> jeez
2: <laughs> i'm still not sure i i might i might go back I, I still still after all this i still don't know whether i liked it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah G- given that we have a a, f- a few months oh rather a few months god a few days until the the new month kicks off uh i'll probably spend these last few days of january actually playing this and then even into february i'm, I'm going to just be playing this and uh you know a couple other things here and there but i'm s- I'm definitely still not done with this game i i guess uh, as predicted i I like this the most out of all of us. <laughs> Before we preview next month's game, we're just about wrapping up here. I want to, again, thank everyone for listening, following along in the forums, joining us this month, as so many of you do every month, as, you know, you, you've probably heard some of the same feedback month to month, because we have a... I mean, we get a lot of new faces every month, depending on what the game is, but we also have a lot of people that join us every month, no, no matter what, which is really cool. If you want to take three minutes or less to help out the show and the event, you can subscribe to the podcast when you're a player of choice. You can join us on trueachievements.com if you haven't already, or for the simplest solution, just tell a friend about Playlist and the site, you know, a tweet here or there goes a long way. Um, like I've always said, I'm a huge podcast fan, so I try to make, get the spread the word of mouth for my favorite show, so I, I know it goes pretty far. The more voices we have in the forums, the better the dialogue is for all of us, of course, and polls go up in the middle of every month, so check us out on the 15th of February, where we'll be deciding the March game if you want to join us for that but you know we've already passed the midpoint in january so we already know what february's game is and we're we'll be going back in time again with this one like we did in december with assassin's creed but this time we're going to italy with the xbox one launch title rise son of rome now i played this a few years ago and i honestly don't recall much of it but i do recall enjoying it i thought it was kind of the uh picture perfect sort of launch title i'm, I'm excited to revisit it it's it's a pretty quick one it only takes about seven hours to beat, so it's not a huge undertaking if if anyone's wondering about joining us for that one. And it was a Games with Gold title. Um, just real quick, because obviously we'll do a whole month of coverage, but how do you guys look at Rise going into February?
1: Well, if you guys remember from Assassin's Creed, I absolutely love Roman times and just kind of experiencing that. I always imagined the Romans. Nowadays, we kind of idealize them as some great society. Imagine living at that time, they were probably pretty villainous. And this game, I think in particular, at least gives a look at, you know, the barbarian side of things. You definitely still play as a Roman soldier, but you get to see some of the the darker sides of Rome which I thought was interesting. It has been a while since I played it, so maybe I won't agree with that sentiment anymore, but at least in my memory, that's what I, I thought was interesting about it. So I'm definitely excited to, to find out some more about it and play it again. I did get all the achievements before, so I won't be doing any of that, but I'm excited to to play through it again, and hopefully it's going to be a good one.
2: Yeah, for me, I know nothing about Rise. I didn't get an Xbox One at launch, and so I missed a lot of the kind of news and games around the time of launch. Um, and I've somehow managed to avoid any kind of dialogue on it since. So this is almost like getting a review copy in the mail. Like this is, this is going to be completely fresh. I have no idea what to expect. So that kind of makes it exciting.
1: Hmm.
0: Cool. And we, yeah, we, I should add there's uh, there are multiplayer modes available in the game. It's you know it's sort of an aside to the story mode that we'll really be breaking down, but. fortunately the multiplayer servers are still up so we'll be setting up game sessions and surely other people will be as well so hopefully we can get in and and play with uh, some of the people that join us every month, that'll be my first time doing it, I think Kevin did it for Dark Souls but uh, other than that I think we're done here, thanks for joining us for what is surely our longest episode ever Uh, somehow, I don't know how given that I thought there was no story content (laughs) we ended up up diving much deeper, Um, but yeah this was a fun one so Thank you guys for joining us. Um, We'll see you in the forums on TA. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.